Okay, audio's rolling, video's rolling. This is the first time we're doing this. It's my first time to have, chronologically, this is the first time I'm doing a in-person. Wow, it feels so weird. I love it. <laughs> it's not over Zoom. Um, so joining me today, uh, we have former equity research analyst and is now a financial architect at IFB and he happens to be my brother, Mr. Enrique Fausto. What's up? Hello, what's welcome. Up? Welcome to the show. <laughs> Live hello, show, hello. baby. Hi, hi everyone. <laughs> This is pretty cool. All the cameras. All the cams. All the cams. Two, three. What's up? Okay. Um, So let's just jump right into it, Kagad. You are a financial architect Mm -hmm. at IFE. Um, I feel like it'll be best if you describe it in your own words. What does it mean to be a financial architect? Yeah. Okay. Um, The reason why we came up with that term also is because it's really trying to help people think about money in the same way you build a house, right? When you're going to build a house... You have an overall blueprint, an architecture to make sure before you put anything in, any furniture, any like your curtains, your bed, anything, you have to have an overall plan first. Okay. The thing is when people do finances, it's typically like, oh, you should get this hot stock. You should have it. Oh, you should buy Bitcoin. It's similar to like getting furniture without really knowing where is it going to be in your house. So when we talk financial architecture, it's essentially making an overall plan to make sure that everything makes sense. Anything financial makes sense in the overall plan. So be it insurance, investments, the way you save, you know, everything is working towards making sure you have a sturdy financial home. Yes. How come how come the specific term architect? I rem- I know that you took up ME and yeah. I don't know if it's a thing with you <laughs> that you you get the terms of a different job. <laughs> it makes sense, man. Like you were yeah. ME, which is management engineering. And management engineering. Yes, yes, engineering. But you're not engineers. Engineer, but yeah. in a sense you're engineering the the management yeah. world. But now now you're architecture. Because when architect you just think of you draw blueprints, yeah. you make the buildings going on. Where where'd you get the specific term architect? Yeah, I think the the main reason why, you know, I, I guess I'll just go back also to management engineering is because okay. when you talk management, business management, when you talk finance, these are all very abstract terms. It's all very like there's no actual structure for you to figure out how what is good management, what is good like financial service. So when we talk about engineering, we use the rigor of an engineer to make sure you're able to run a business in the same way you run a machine correctly. Okay. So in the same way, when we talk about financial architecture, we want to be able to give people not just general frou-frou financial advice. We want to make sure it has the rigor of an architect, meaning there are some physics laws, right? Uh, in finance, we're okay. in structural integrity. You have to make sure that you know, it can weather different kinds of storms. Yeah, there's a foundation. Yes, exactly. But what's nice about architecture instead of like financial engineering or whatever is because there's still a bit of leeway for some personality. You know, each person's home is a little bit different, but there are a few laws that have to be followed first. So I guess that's how it came about and the whole idea of architecture for finance. So you're sort of getting, if I can describe it like an avatar, the last airbender. You know how Iro got things in like like techniques in water bending that he used in fire bending. That's how he got to do the lightning yes, bending. Yeah. So in a sense, <laughs> you kind of got some principles and values behind different um disciplines. different professions. Yeah, dif- different disciplines. So architecture, engineering is there any other is there any other profession by that you that you've sort of got inspiration from or Oh okay. Yeah with the values. The in terms of the service, a lot of it draws from like psychology therapy. 
Okay. Kind of because if we talk about money, there's always gonna be a numerical, computational part, but there'll always be an emotional part. Like when you make financial decisions, it's yeah. not. It's typically not in front of a spreadsheet. It's usually in front of like dining table. Mm. When you talk with friends, I'll probably do that investment then. Money is a very emotional thing. Yeah, yes. we think that it's it's just your wallet. It's just numbers. Yeah, but it's not. It's not. It's really a lot of it is. You know, very emotional. That's why when we talk about like psychology, therapy, at the end of the day, it's not what will give this person the higher X percent return. It's more of emotionally, what can he actually handle in his portfolio? What can he actually um, do long term? He'll stick with. Is it also is it also like about making them making the client happy? Yeah, yeah, of course. I think the the main part of it is really giving um, clients a sense of security, knowing that. Everything's in the right place. Okay. Right, and that's very subjective, right? Each person wants a different kind of life, right? So at the end of the day, it's not the number in the bank account. It's if will that number make you feel safe? Uh, but I mean, is it is it the is it gonna allow you to have the life that you want? Yes. Oh, Super okay. subjective, right? It's yeah. all very subjective. It's no? very very subjective. And before I I wanna talk more about like the the business itself, but then going there. So you are twenty. 27, 30, 28, 28 in a few days. Yeah. <laughs> um, um, and you are you have clients who are older than you. I'm sure you've, you're used to talking to dealing with people older than you know. But since it's a very, very subjective thing and you got stuff from architecture, you got stuff from psychologists, you got stuff from um, engineers, where did you sort of get the confidence to be like, I can tell, I have the right to tell this person what to do with his money? Because it's yeah. not, it's architecture because it's okay that's his house not taking a knock on architects but you can buy a house you can buy an, if you don't like this house you can buy another house yeah but this yeah. one it's a, it's a lifestyle you're, you're giving them a sort of guidance on how to live their life essentially mm-hmm. because money is in it's in everyday decisions so where did you yeah. get the the confidence that you have the right to tell these people what to do okay yeah I think it's a no um, initially though I always felt like I always had to keep learning and be Sobrang galing, as in really high-level expert in okay. specifically finance and investments. So how did I do that? I tra- well, initially, siempre ME helped, um, but then going out of college, I took up that CFA, the yeah. which is an. Uh, um, can you can you say what it stands for? Sure. For the people who don't know. Sure. So CFA stands for Chartered Financial Analyst. So it's a it's a global thing. It's like when you talk up to finance professionals, it's usually am I gonna take an MBA or do I take a CFA? Um, but if you want to be very like highly skilled in specifically finance and investments, you do CFA. MBA is more like a broad business kind of thing. Okay. So it's three levels, self-study. Yeah, and you studied very long, yeah, very hard. Yeah, every I, day. I'm a witness to that. <laughs> so each level is like a six months study every day for six yeah. months. So that's times three. So it's about a year and a half. Okay. Now you're really, I know. Can, so, can you yeah. say though that that when you took up CFA, was it like you finished all three levels? Yeah. Um, was it, were there really things that you learned? I'm sure that it helped obviously, but were there a lot of things um, in the content of the CFA mm-hmm. experience that made you be like, okay, I can, I have the, uh, I have the guns. I can, I have yeah. the right to tell these people what to do. Or was it more of, because I have CFA, there's that credibility that people just generally respect. Because example, mm. um, if I can make it like make it like basketball, we have um let's say Steph Curry versus 
Let's say me. Let's say in an alternate <laughs> universe, I am better than Steph Curry in shooting three-pointers. Okay. But I never went to the NBA in anything. So I'm still a better three-point shooter than him. But people are going to be like, Steph is a better three-point shooter because he went to the NBA. Because we've seen... Because mm. we get to all that. Like, yeah, yeah. Is it the... the, the the, what's it called? The general knowledge and, and people just kind of agreeing that CFA means you're legit. Mm-hmm. Or are there really things that, okay, if I didn't take CFA, I wouldn't be as equipped, uh, yeah. nearly as equipped as I am today. Yeah, I think, well, there really is a knowledge part. I mean, what I had to learn was global best practice. So I, I wasn't limited to how things were done here in the Philippines. So when I was working, uh, for example, in Regis, uh, the stock brokerage, I learned how they did things here. Even a broad end to a certain extent, but CFA helped broaden my viewpoint. Oh, okay, in other countries, this is how they manage people's finances. Uh-huh. But you're right in that having that seal yeah. is like an NBA seal. Seal of approval. Yeah. yeah, but what I think the reason why people regard CFA as having that level, you know, it's, it's because to go through those three levels means you were diligent enough, intelligent enough mm. to actually learn probably one of the most difficult things you could. So if you could go through that, that yes. tells the person, you can probably go through other very difficult things. Okay. okay. And, so it's yeah. it's not just, the seal of approval isn't just um, a nice shiny seal. It's it, there's You know that anybody who gets that seal yeah. has work. There is no yeah. easy way. To, yeah. Like the, oh, the naturally smart people will not be able to do it on just like smarts alone because there's just too much... Um, like the, the rigor is too difficult Gets. to just be, you know, through sheer luck and you know, like yeah. smarts. Very different from grade school and high school. Yes. You can kind of survive. For, for the record, it's the hardest thing I've ever studied for. Really? Harder than ME. I well, mean, I mean, ME was hard though, but this is really I mean, hard. Sana naman, sana naman then. Like if, if, you're, if your second year high school was harder than this thing, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, it's probably wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, now I want to talk about your shift in career, although it's still in the same industry. You mm. had. Would you say that was your dream job when you were a oh, research? Yeah. Yeah, uh, sorry, an equity research, research analyst. analyst. Yeah. yeah, That was your dream job. That was the dream job. And you were there for how many years? Um, four years. Four, four years. years. Also. When you entered that job, did you see yourself like staying there longer? Or because four years yeah. and then you left, uh-huh. did your own thing. Although it's it's becoming. I like see. I like it how like this generation we're seeing it more of people mm-hmm. like going away from what they thought they would initially do forever after yeah. college to doing their own thing which parang baka more meaningful like, mm-hmm. did, what did, did you see yourself doing this this early or you were expecting to go longer pa in uh, Regis um, from before I thought I'd stay longer um, because I was uh, an intern first uh, before I even graduated I was an intern specifically in uh, Regis back then it was called Deutsche Regis uh, and it looked like the dream it's not job not Deutsche Regis anymore yeah so oh, Deutsche like Bank um, just like the other year. Oh, okay. Well, Deutsche that's a Bank, long time ago. Yeah, I mean, Deutsche Bank decided to close all their equity business around the world. Oh, I get it. Anyway, um, those guys have a new partner now. Anyway, the way it works is before when I was an intern, I thought, wow, that's a dream job. I mean, like all the people here were really smart. They were, very, they were always challenged. They always had to be at the top of their game, very knowledgeable. And they were also a lot of fun. I mean, they drink a lot and okay. it was really fun. So, it may work life balance. <laughs> It's annoying. Uh, I wouldn't say balance though. Because it's like work is life. Eh? Like you really work 12 ah. hour days. You take clients out till late night. But then you have fun. So it's okay. I okay. Mean, you enjoy it naman. Ah, okay, okay. But okay. I wouldn't say... Na, it's not 
No way. Super rock. What? What? Super could rock. you? Could you give a number if possible? And like, oh. what's the? What's the work? What's the play? Sheesh. I know, but I think the thing is, it's weird. Like the pure play, meaning nothing, nothing rated with work, could probably just be like twenty percent. But there's a lot of. There's a lot of play, naman, within the work. Uh, like, like, like if you take a client out to drinks, that's still work, but. Yeah, it could be a fun thing. I mean, you could. Have, okay. I actually made yeah. friends. Um, I think that's the best part for me. That, that's the. That's when you like. If you can get the most percentage of that in any job, like yeah. that's the goal. Eh? Yeah. You know, people say you mga. If you get a job that you love, you never work for a day. Mm. I think it's because of its. Because it's really missed play. Yeah, yeah. So, so kaya There were there were times na I was with clients na. Wala, we actually just really wanted to hang out, right? It's it's semi work, but it's still like I know. I said it's still fun. Okay. Okay, so you you were there um, four years and then you decided to leave. Ah, yeah. The um, uh, I I can imagine that there are a lot of people who say that okay, uh, they have a plan before they make up make their own business. Yeah. Like I'm gonna do this. Um, I'm gonna get training, get experience, and then save up also so I can fund my own business, and then I'm gonna do my business. How hard was it for you to leave the safety? The you know the. Sh- you're you're in a really oh, yeah, good job, yeah, night, and then yeah. you're gonna leave for something that's potentially great. Like, let's say you have you have fifty. Uh, what's a nice? Um, you have fifty chocolate bars in this <laughs> job, yeah. and then if you leave this job, you're gonna make your own thing, which potentially can give you a hundred chocolate bars of a better flavor, pa. Yeah, yeah. But. You're gonna start with zero chocolate bars. Mm-hmm. Some people can say, you know what, that's really how I'm, I want to end up with 100 chocolate bars. But you can you can live happily with just the 50, 50. <laughs> original chocolate bars. So how like, how tough was it to leave that? And was was it harder than you expected? What is the experience mm-hmm. like? Okay, it really started uh, in April of 2019. Um, there was a, an earthquake. It was a 6.1 magnitude earthquake in Manila. That was two years ago, na. Yeah, it was two I remember years ago. I was there at the I saw the water in the pool. Yeah. That's when you was like, oh shit, that's a real earthquake. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I was in at a triangle tower one, nice, nice swanky office, um, 23rd floor. Ooh. So I really felt the whole area shake. Oh. Like the water dispenser was really going like that. Some stuff were starting to fall down. Oh, wait, it was that intense? Yeah, because when you're so high. Were you sitting down or standing? I was sitting down, but you could really, like, oh, you're really going shit, like that's this. That's scary. Yeah, because it's so high. <laughs> I mean, the building was, like, well structured in the sense that it would sway. <clears throat> yeah. So it won't break. Yeah, that's right? what it's supposed to. Uh-huh. Yeah, but it was really scary. Like, our our secretary was freaking out. She was literally shouting and, like, I'm going to go to Like a movie? <laughs> yeah, but it wasn't <gasps> as crazy as the movie. It was really crazy. It's not but in a sense, it's just like a movie, parent, but right? it was real. Yeah, I had like a few seconds. Natalagang I remember. It. I thought like the first thought that came into my head was, "Hala, parang mamatay na ba ang analyst?" I think that's really what I thought. Mamatay na ba ang oh, analyst? Oh shit, that's the first thing. Yeah, because it really moved. It, it as in nagunu na ho eh wow. on my seat. So I got okay, really I'm scared. Getting a, how how an earthquake, like a very life yeah. threatening, <laughs> is is the quickest way to know. Yeah. Wow, that, that's a I won't I don't suggest this, but then. <laughs> Everyone, what do I want to do with your life? But like, go to go to some near death experience. Oh, yeah, I think that's okay. why people like doing stuff like diving, bungee jumping. You gotta. Yeah, but, but, but then for that, there's nothing in it. Pero iba yung parang I want to know what career I should take. Let me go ah. jump off a plane, de ba? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, so so it was a crazy moment. Um, I really had, I really felt like my whole body like tighten up, and then that was the thought. It was very loud. Uh, 
mamatay na ba akong analyst ganun. And I mean, the job was great. Like being an analyst was great. I I felt like I was really learning. I was really with a good team and everything. But then I felt I guess that was when I was a bit stirred na Sorry? This is all uh, for okay. you. Yeah, I was parang inside. Medyo na ano ko. Eh. Like, Ignatian spirit. Medyo. Yeah, Boom. like the Athenian <laughs> idealistic blah, Flash blah. Okay. Yeah. So, so I remember um, after that like initial moment, Andy naman siguro. I think, I think it seems under control. It's just that when I was walking down those 23 flights of stairs, ah, I wasn't talking with anyone. I was just like thinking and it was everyone was just wow. going down. And then I really felt the whole, you know, if this building just weren't strong enough, if that earthquake was a little bit more powerful, then that could have been it. But it didn't make you think na, buti na lang, I'm in a very sturdy building. I'm in, a, I'm in Regis. Yeah, syempre, syempre, I, I thought that. Na buti na lang. But at the same time, parang, yun na ba yun? Is that it? As in, would I be happy if that was it? So it is very existential. Yeah, and it's the earthquake. Say, you've bungee jumped from the three yeah, of us. Yeah. You've bungee jumped. You've jumped off a plane. Okay, yeah. Marty also has jumped and you plane. never got any of these from there ah no 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 it's not the same it's unexpected it's not, yeah, yeah I think it's because I prepped myself mm. psychologically for those jumps nah, this one just working I was just working and it's uh, okay <laughs> oh my god it was crazy so wow. it took a long time though from that point like from mm. that point I remember I reassessed I was reading that book you can design your life remember mm-hmm. that made that talk in it and um, I really like stopped and thought about it for a long time. And those months within that year, I was thinking to myself, but it's really good. Eh? I mean, I'm having it really good. Naman. Um, it's not like, you know, there's anything there that's calling out to me to leave this like good place. Diba? So it was difficult to to do a transition because a part of me was also worried that I'd regret it because everyone wanted this spot that I got. Eh? But then I thought, you know, at the end of the day, if... Let's say I left and then someone else took the spot. It would have been the same. Like it would have been a it it felt like a well-oiled machine wherein the wheels would still turn if I was there or yeah. if I, if I weren't there. Oh, okay. I and, and I know that you're a person who like really calculates and measures your decisions. <laughs> eh. yeah. Was it something that cuz I would imagine that career Probably um, love life also. These are things that you should just know. Na mm-hmm. you you can be logical and rational about it, but at the bottom of it, it has to be your gut to just yeah. tell you. And, and after this earthquake experience, was it something that you just knew? Na because you had to explain to yourself. You had to like yeah. rationalize it and be like, "Pero okay naman to, eh. okay uh, naman to. Was it one of those things? Like like I want to understand because how you actually took the step and made the decision. Mm, was okay. it one of those things that? You just kind of knew, and you were just kind of waiting for the right time, waiting for it to feel right. But the decision, the decision's already been already been made. Or was it like you really took a lot of steps before you were like, okay, I'm confident to take this decision. It, it wasn't a like a moment decision. Like after that earthquake, it just it just got me thinking. Mm, um, okay. So it 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 got me from a path of like steady. I'll just be here for long. I mean, I I saw like how yeah. there were other people. Um, who were kind of like my pegs, and oh, the head of research before sits on many boards okay. um, of companies. It, y- your peg in this path that you were on, yeah, was that guy. So, okay. that, that, that's actually a pretty good, you know, it's a pretty good life. Okay. And after that, that earthquake, it got me thinking that I should open it up to other things. I always mm. had that inkling to want to do my own thing, like the business, but 
there was never like a specific opportunity that made me want to take the leap. So okay. from that point, I've just been, I guess my eyes kind of opened up to look at other possibilities. So that was a long process, like uh, almost a year. Because anyway, um, I've been thinking about it, but there wasn't anything huge or there wasn't anything like a big opportunity that told me you should leave. I uh, even explored other jobs, but I felt that if I was going to be employed, it's here. This it's is the really best good. one. Yeah, this is really the best one I can get for myself. Okay. Um, so it was you know, just last year, so in 2020, uh, we're in... I even thought I'd, I'd finish 2020 initially at the start of the year. But then um, as, as the months progress and then COVID hit, yeah, that was another like thinking. Was the pandemic, was, was that probably the big thing that, that said, oh, okay, time, time to do it? Actually, um, before like the whole lockdown, I was leaning towards Baha'i should do it now this year. And then when the lockdown happened, it gave me a preview of how life would look like if I did leave. Because <laughs> you work from home. from home. Yeah, working from home. I used to live Dubai in the condo. Yeah, yeah. Um, by myself with a roommate, ganyan, but now it's going to be at home. And yeah. the, the decision process, though, was very gradual. Like, mm-hmm. it was, there were some clients who approached us first right? like Papa had his friend who wanted help with finances and one of my first few clients known si Robbie she yung nag-approach eh. this Robbie Domingo yeah this Robbie Domingo so I, so I don't know if he's there what's up if you're watching <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah he was one of the first ones and he was the okay. one who, who asked if we could help and I thought hey, yeah actually we can do this naman. so it was still a very experimental phase at first I was doing it on the side, sabay with Regis, which was pretty difficult, but it gave me a feel of, hey, this is the kind of work I could do, pala, and it was very, it felt very meaningful and very, like I could really help the person out eh, more than how I was in Regis before. Mm, okay. Anyway, I I remember there's this book that I I think you read also, Originals. Mm, yeah. Adam um, Grant. I didn't read the whole thing. I read like, the first <laughs> sixty pages, but I got a lesson there and. They were talking about how these people who would start their own businesses, you know, startups, you'd think I say, for it to be successful, you have to drop everything and just banat go yeah, all in. But yeah. what you did, how you did, was sort of like the yes, one in the I book. I did read that. You did it <laughs> so, on the side. Yeah. Do you think that it was, this is the best way? Like, not, not as you're in a, although it's still early, but you're in a pretty good spot in the, yeah. in the, in the sense that it's a startup. You're not losing money, yeah, but it's yeah. not. You're not in the face of oh my gosh, am I still like? You're confident yeah. with it. Is this? Uh, can you say that based on experience, man, not based on what the book said? Is that the right path for you? When if you wanna do a startup, nah, you don't drop everything again. You do it on your spare time, try to feel it out, and then go all in. I, I like. I really. I was thinking eh, when I first read that. Na pan, totoo ba yon? Na, is that is that is that real? Na it's really better that way. So when I was trying it out, like myself, I was doing the whole thing. I was trying to see if I could confirm that that notion from the book. And for me, I felt in my experience, I parang na confirm ko siya. It's really, you know, this is much better. Buti na lang I did it this way. It made it, it made it better because I was always open to just cutting it if I thought there's yes. no future here. Yes. Right? So, it also and it also eases like the un, the bird <laughs> the anxiety na parang yeah. um what if di siya gumana? Yeah. What if di Because ah, okay. what's nice about it is I was still working, diba? I still had my steady paycheck, right? And 
Um, even if, let's say, I kept tweaking how I would do the business, which wasn't necessarily like a revenue generator, diba? I could just experiment, experiment. I can do it like this, I can do it like that. Gets, gets. And then I had no like money pressure while I was tinkering with the business model. And yeah, because you, you still had it. the good income. Yeah, yeah. So, so I could like risk it all. I could try anything I want um, without the pressure that I need this to pay for my stuff. It's, it's just harder though. I mean, time-wise, you have to be much better at managing your time. You have to make sure your employer doesn't think you're you're not, you know, yeah, focused you're on not, the job. you're not prioritizing because yeah. that's still your job. Eh? Yeah. So I really, for me, it was, I guess that going back to that CFA, the training I had was I studied two hours every night, every day. So that is the training you got to yeah. in having a job and still having something else on the side yeah. and still be able, be able to do it. So, so I thought to myself, 2020, now if I could do like six months times three, right? two hours every day, I could probably do the same for a few months to try a business, right? and then I'll know by then if I like it and if I think okay. it will work. Gets. Um, so, so that's how you made the decision and you sort of had that trial run yeah, with CFA. Run. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then going to this path, finance, we grew up in the same house, same parents, same everything, but I didn't have a trip to go finance. Yeah. How much of a role do you think Mama and Papa played with the whole FQ family, finance world? Like, was it something that interested you pa from the start whenever you'd hear them talk about this stuff? Um, not really finance, but definitely, I mean, obviously, huge influence uh, in terms of how I think and everything. But I did find business interesting. Um, Making or, running a business or listening to the stories of great businessmen, I always found it interesting. Okay, um, like for them to have you know risked so much and then achieved a level of success required them to be elite in a certain aspect or certain okay. aspects, which I always found fascinating. So when I was getting into the whole finance thing, it was more of just because like me was oh maybe it's a good course, but I don't really know if I like that. I mean, finance, okay, let's check it out. I don't even really know if I like that. Um, okay. In college, I did like I did the marketing competitions as well as finance ones. Yeah. And then I you felt... You took the... Which one? You, you went abroad but to compete. Yeah, yeah. So the CFA, CFA so the yeah. institute, had an institute research challenge, so IRC. So that was oh, like the a... CFA really did so much for you, Paga. Like, oh, yeah. As a student, Paga. Huge. And then, huge. I mean, student in college and then you took the CFA and then it's yeah. what made you sort of trial yeah. have, be able to do something <laughs> on the side okay gets gets yeah gets. so it's very instrumental um and i, I do want to like give back so now i'm like the mentor of the okay. the irc team of ateneo this year so that's cool it's like it's a like full circle and um in terms of getting into finance it was more of just trying it out and seeing if i liked it because you know the opportunity was there i i found out about it but the irc specifically was an interesting story because so back, IRC IRC that's With, the what competition does it stand for um, Institute Research Challenge so it's it's a CFA thing it's but a it's CFA called thing. IRC yep so it's the CFA Institute Research Challenge parang student competition called IRC IRC yeah so IRC was a competition that Ateneo was never able to beat UP before for years and then when when you know papa heard about it he said oh but i should try that thing so like, okay sure why not try it out and when i was talking about it with my friend see ryan you the, the one who became valedictorian 
He said, oh yeah, did you hear? There's an orientation happening. I think that was like next week. And I was like, what? I was like, what? I didn't get that you know, like memo or whatever. He, he, he got an email because his grades were really because he's high. high you. <laughs> Apparently, okay. there was like a QPI cutoff. Oh yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I never got that. Yeah, I'm yeah. on the course and. Like, yeah, so it wasn't really a public thing, and I just thought, "Bala sila, I'm gonna go," okay. <laughs> even if yeah, yeah. even if I didn't if, even if I didn't get the invite or whatever. Okay. Right, and so when I tried it out, and then I felt that I had something to offer, no man, um, compared to, I guess everyone else was more like, like really high QPI, but in terms of, for example, presentation skills, I felt like I had a bit of an edge. So so that helped me get into it, and I re- actually liked the process. Like it was tough, but enjoy the man, enjoy the man. like there was a lot of learnings there. So oh okay, and then do you feel? But then going back to the influence of mm. being in a household that does finance, it's not. It was never because what I know with mom and papa, it's never explicit. The same way we hear stories about how. They become students become doctors because yeah. the parents want them to or lawyers. Yeah. Th- that's the I don't know, traditional story here. But then mm-hmm. finance, never no one should be forced into finance. I mean, yeah. we we were never forced into yeah. finance. But do you ever look back at like were there things kaya that sina mama and papa told you or encouraged uh, you or like just angles? Because I'm mm-hmm. also trying to like how come three three of us they did the same things, man, but. Mm. You specifically went to this path. Mm, I think you know. They really tried to make sure that they wouldn't sway us. Um, so props to them for that. But of course, there are there are always subtle hints. Like like when I ask about it, Shempre, they're so excited to uh, share what they can. Okay. But I think it's only natural because as a as a parent, you'd want to help your child, like, develop or accelerate in whatever they're getting into. Yeah. Especially if. You know you can help big time. Yeah, and it's a tried and tested path. Yeah, and they see how it could work out or okay. how oh you could do better than what I did because I can teach you this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Uh, so for okay. me though, I always had that at the back of my head. Para, am I doing this just because Mama and Papa are there already? Um, so it was always a question, but then at one point I was thinking, nah, I I gave myself a chance to to try out other stuff, eh. and. To me, it's not like finance is my passion. It was more of an interest that I just went with. And later on, as I got more into it, the more I realized, oh, it's, I actually really like it. I actually look look for it. Na. How how important to you is the aspect of helping people? Because you were mm-hmm. mentioning in your, your previous job, right? if you left, it would still kind of run. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, it was, you went in it because it helped you. Yeah. Got you richer, got you all these skills, the connections, but. Um, you're dealing with rich people already. Yeah. <laughs> nah, you know, if if they never met you, they'd still be rich, yeah, yeah. But now you're dealing with people who um need this advice mm-hmm. to not just improve their life, but to have the life that they that they want. want and yeah. and because people, naman, I don't think naman people grow up work their lives so that they won't have enough money. It's just that, it's, a, it's not, it's not, we're not taught how to do those things. So how important is that aspect of helping people to you? That's why it's, you're still doing this. It still energizes you. You're, you're your own boss. So you need that motivation in it. So like, where would you wrap that helping people aspect? Um, 
I don't know if I can put a number, but it's definitely okay. very high. Okay. Um, I think it's a it's a big thing. Uh, the the thing is, cause I felt like I got security, steady career path and stuff with my previous role, and not here. Eh? Um, one of the main pulls to like move away from like the path I was on to this new one was because of you know being able to help people out directly, and I felt like we could do it in our lives. I mean, we were doing this finance thing, right? People would always ask us for advice, but whenever we give like, you know, advice or whatever, uh-uh. it's, it ends Versus up a conversation. Plan. Yeah, it's a conversation and after the conversation, typically they might do one or two things, but they mm. won't do a follow through. So I felt that if I was going to do something else, not in my career path, how about get those people who have that initiative to do that one thing to make sure it follows through. So for me, huge priority though. I mean, it's up and guidance with the there. process. Yeah, and okay. it's more of just figuring out how can I best help, given what I have, given my resources, given the capabilities to because I can't help everyone. <laughs> um, but then with that though, like the reality is when it, especially enough, I think it's really evident in the finance industry. Mm-hmm. We've seen it in like the movie Big Short. These are rich people yeah, want to get yeah. rich, and then if the you know if everybody when, when the when the big short happened when the everyday citizen lost yeah. money and everything the banks got richer about the finance people uh-huh. yeah how do you find how do you strike that balance in having this helping people thing but it's in your nature kasi as a person in the finance industry to maximize profits yeah so in the I, I don't know do you have like a criteria or like a I wouldn't want to say like conscience. It's not. It's not really a question of if you're a good person or not. Yeah. It's just how you measure success in your job. But there mm-hmm. is, um, I really got to help this person, or I really got to make this much money either for the person or for yourself. But mm-hmm. how do you strike the balance in the helping the person and maximizing the profits? Yeah, I think one one thing I really like about the fact it's my business is I could make the business model however I want. Okay, so meaning you measures of success? Measures of success, even how I get paid. Um, I think okay. a big thing in terms of finance in general is you want to make sure that the person who's giving you advice is really out for your best interest. So in terms of balancing, I guess, the profit and the um, helping people aspect, one decision I really made and I was very adamant about was how I got paid. Mama talks about this in her new book, the the, emo- the limbic system and the prefrontal yeah. cortex. So there's two parts of the brain. Mm-hmm. One is, uh, how I dumb it down, is one is in charge of the rational, yeah. logical stuff, and the other one's the emotional part. Yep. Um, so humans, because we emotional limbic yes. system. Natin eh. So you structure your job and everything in a sense that you'll have to rely less on the emotional part. Yeah. Now, even if my emotional part let's say wants more money right? yeah. or wants to like do the quick shortcut which is a human yeah. nature uh, thing at least the structure is in place that will make sure I don't do those things I don't want to do talaga like I won't um, it's like my emotional side has like guardrails so it won't go astray it'll just be like within there lang. So, so that's one but I think the other aspect I'm still trying to figure out now is how do I make it like really help out everyone right, across. Um, yeah. Because you're saying the whole, syempre, if, if you deal with a few rich people, it's it's more profitable because yeah. there's a lot more to move. But me now, uh, what I'm trying to do is 
I'm trying to figure out the way I can make this service that I'm giving to generally for people who have high income. How do I make it so good and figure out what's like the few key things that are really important. And f- once I get there, which I'm not there yet, then I can create like a, I guess like a cheaper, smaller package, which is scalable. Okay. Like maybe through tech, mm. maybe through video courses. And, I'm not sure. You wouldn't need to use your finite time, yeah. effort, and energy yeah. to service those people. Because at the end of the day, it's it's just matching mark the market. Like right now, um, the way I have my business is it's very manual. It's very one-on-one, uh-huh. high-touch personal. Yeah. So it's really not gonna work if I try to go like. To everyone, full, I can, full I can scale. Oh. Yeah. Mm. But it is, it's in your goal. I mean, it's, in, it's in the. Yeah, definitely, path. definitely, that's in the pipeline. Uh, I'm okay. still figuring it out though. But I think a lot of it, because it will be tech related, mm. like to scale. So I'll definitely need more people. <laughs> to, Do to you help think though, just that. just quickly on the tech mm. part, in in that it's your business, it's mm. it's you. Do you think that something as crucial as the tech part? Is that something you need to personally think you have to develop those skills? Like you have to really understand it more? Or are you in the space that if someone comes along, if the opportunity, but mm-hmm. I don't really need to understand the nitty gritty mm-hmm. details? I think for me, I wanna, I've been trying to learn about it, but only to the point that I can talk their language. But I won't be the one I feel like. I'll probably make like a beta chill version of it. Um, but in terms of, doing a full-fledged you software. You want to focus on the finance stuff. Yeah. Okay. The full-fledged software definitely be someone else. Um, but I can lean on them because obviously I can't, I can't do everything. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Yeah. And you, and you acknowledge that. Yeah. As an yeah. entrepreneur, you, you oversee everything but you don't yeah. so, so do. Okay. Uh, uh, uh. Now let's talk about the, how the business runs. Okay. Uh, as much as you can share. So you get a client. How, how, how is the experience, how is mm-hmm. the user experience like? Yeah. Okay, so a lot of the newer clients now, it really starts off with just a conversation. Like, okay. let's just talk about finances, ganyan, um, what are your issues? Because initially, I went out to really do research. Mm-hmm. I just want to learn more about other people. How do they deal with their financial issues? Because it's very different per person, right? So when we talk about it, so imagine this is the experience. So we talk about your financial issues, right? I give some, you know, preliminary advice just because, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, we probably know each other or what. So sure, why not help? in that conversation. And then when they, when I feel like they're really interested for more or they themselves are the ones who say, how can someone like you help me? Okay. I, I simply flip the question, right? Oh, how do you think I can help you with mm. your problem A, B, C? Okay. W- when you started though, do mm. you talk, is it, is it money that you're talking about Agad or is it more of just getting a picture of the person? Because um, with the money, like what I'm learning, what I've learned also mm. about growing up in this house yeah. is, is that the money thing isn't. Although we 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 worry about money a lot, it's mm. not really about money. It's about yeah. what you value. It's yeah. about how you want to live your life. So in your initial like meetings, conversation, palang, or no. conversations, what do you try to find out? Yeah, the initial question is really like for one though. I send a message and I, I want to ask about financial stuff. Very. It's very general. Um, I start off the meeting with asking, oh, when you said yes to this meeting, what did you have in mind? Okay. So uh, I'm, I'm bringing out whatever their preconceived notions are of finance. Okay. And then... To, to understand them better. Yeah. Like when they think finance, what comes to their mind? So those are the first few topics. And then I ask, 
how do you go about handling your money stuff or your financial stuff? Mm-hmm. Then they say the way they spend and then the way they invest. Then it gets to the specific, a little bit more specific. And it's usually just through there that I try to ask about pain points. Parang, where, where do you have a difficulty? How come you don't f- have that financial like peace of mind that you want? Okay. And then when all of those problems are unearthed, most of the time, I feel like the service I have, the financial architecture service, can really help big time. So then at the end of it, then I ask, how do you think I can help? Oh, maybe you can do this, this, this. Oh, how about we do something about that? And then I give them a proposal. It's like a PDF, which I really write down what are the specific problems. It's catered to that yeah. person. So, so I really bring out the three key points that they really look at. And then the, the proposal has like, for example, um, who, who we are as a company, IFE, who are the people behind us, so there's me and of course our parents who are more like an advisory board to me with this business. Mm-hmm. And then I talk about the service, like what specific things will we do. So... The step-by-step process goes like this. So when we, after the meeting, there's a proposal, one signed game, right? And then I give them like initial like things to do. We do what we call a FQ or financial intelligence quotient diagnostic exam. So, okay. So it's like... To see how, how you yeah. are. So we do all the number stuff, right? Like it's pretty confidential information. So we have yeah. to be very careful with it. It's how much they earn. What do they spend on? What do they spend on specifically? Where are all of their investments? So all the number stuff, right? And we also make them do the FQ test to see how they are with their knowledge and behavior. And when come the the first session, we talk about a little bit about the number stuff, but we focus more on the emotional side, childhood, money, memories. What do you have? Um, which are st- still etched to your mind. Which is your why money. you deal with money this specific yeah, way. exactly. And then we talk about, so childhood money memories, how that made their relationship with money, how it is today. So it's really bringing to light your childhood money memories, any money beliefs, as well as your um, relationship with money. Yeah. Right. So we've already done like numbers, emotional, parang baseline. And then this is the looking ahead. We really try to bring it out and it comes through that that whole process na lumalabas. Kasi, you know how people set goals sometimes. Oh, I should probably have a house by this age. Mm-hmm. I should probably get married by this age because that's what like society kind of dictates. Or that's what But what does I this think. person truly want yeah. personally? So, I would say, I would describe, so this whole business that you have, it's, Getting to know the generally get to know the person. Everybody has a different dreams, have yeah. their different goals, and all those things. But it's tough to. All of us have our big goals, but it's hard to just. You can't. People. You can't just. You know, achieve those big goals overnight. There's yeah. a lot of tiny steps, and yeah. we don't know how to do it. So, although, if if your goal is to live a happy life, I mean, chamber finance yeah. isn't the only thing, but yeah. it's a very crucial part. Of course, there's a lot of things you have to deal with also. But mm. at least for the financial aspect, what you do is you sort of help guide them and see, okay, what steps do you have to take? Exactly. Yeah. Um, the numbers part, because you know, people, someone who saves twenty percent, saves and invests twenty percent of his income, um, could be doing much better than someone who saves. Even if it's yeah. higher, 50%. If it doesn't align with their values and how they're spending that money, mm-hmm. it's still it's still number. So you sort of like the like a guide. Yeah. So I, I I list down the specific steps they have to take. 
Mm. And then at the third session, that's when we showed the financial architecture blueprint. This is like everything. Like we recap, oh, here's what we talked about in your childhood money memory. Here are your core values. Here are your goals, right? And then I come out with what we call FQ financial statements. So here's your balance sheet, meaning here's all of your assets, right? All in one neat report. Your income, expenses, how much you can save, and how much you will save moving forward. And after that, I show them the blueprint, which is here are the five, typically five key strategies. Here's how much you set aside. This is what investment will get into. This how much you'll put in each investment per month for say for the next twelve months. So it's all very ano natalaga, directly customized and tailor fit to that person. for that person. Yeah, I see that this is a very, I see that this is a very crucial and important. Job and and yeah. business and I mean not not you but I mean to the to the people that you're servicing, do you have any idea as to why no one else is doing this? Like it's such a, everybody mm-hmm. deals with money. Everybody, um, you know, has these goals. They yeah. want to get this house or all those things. Have you ever thought of how come this hasn't? There's nothing like this yet. Well, um, there are some versions of it in bits and pieces uh-huh. in different places. Um, but for example, I think. I would see as like a comparison is if you're very wealthy, you have a private banker. You need at least ten million with that bank for someone to take care to, of your to start money. even thinking about those things mm. and probably asking you a little bit about it, but okay. never the full fledged um, service that I talked about. Um, okay. I think it's it's very difficult because for one, you have to have a high level of expertise to claim that you can do such. And I feel like I'm lucky because I could yeah. also lean on our parents. I mean, who have I got up? Well, yeah, Papa's experience. been professionally managing money for people for over 30 years. Mm. Mama's been the one who taught us, and she writes, writes about it now. Writes about it, and she's already like a content <clears throat> king. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in terms queen. of queen, sorry, yeah. content queen about <laughs> about Finance. this. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I feel like I'm in a place that allows me to be able to do that because I have them as like. To make sure everything that I'm doing is yeah. correct. At the same time, I have no financial institution that's requiring me to do a certain quota, to do or to sell this specific product in a certain way. Therefore, it gives you that freedom that, and also like for for other people also to kind of trust you more that you, yeah. the agenda is to if I work right, your agenda is to help me. Yeah. Yes, it is to make yourself rich too because that's what a business yeah, is. You need about, to make profit, yeah. but. It's me. There's no other underline. Yeah. Like, hey, we're here to help each other. You help me make get rich. Yeah. I help you yeah. get rich. Yeah. So me. like everything is geared towards. I want to make you richer because that'll make me richer. So yeah. we're we're completely aligned. But more than just richer, like, like richer, not just money. Yeah. Wise. Yeah. I mean, richer, not I, yeah, not the, just in physical like yeah. material wealth. Eh. That's the it's, nice part. It's, eh. You can't really explain how how much of a Factor and benefit. If you're if you're good with your money, everything you know everything. But a lot of things follow. Eh? A lot of things like ease. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're just your general stress mm. level, and temper that's gonna affect all the other aspects of your life. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Uh, last thing I want to ask though, let's be comp- be completely honest, and you mm. can be yabang about this. <laughs> so you, you said now that there are other you know there are other versions of this of yeah. people. Um, giving financial advice it's yeah. not this isn't although this is a, a unique new specific type of business it's catering to individuals you don't need to have you don't need to be super rich mm-hmm. um, to, to get this access. service what makes IFE different what would mm-hmm. be the main thing that makes it not like any other 
financial advisory service. Mm, okay. I think what I try to do kasi is I marry um, the good stuff of two kinds of institutions. Okay. Meaning, if you're a financial institution, like a big bank or a stock brokerage or a foreign brokerage house, you have very highly technically competent people. Like, they have stuff like CFA, which I was able to get, and they have industry experience, which Papa and Mama have, right? So I, I feel like I have that there already. And what's nice is because I'm not a big bank or whatever is I also have that personal aspect of it wherein I'm if if you were just in some bank and this guy resigns I'll just pass you off to some other relationship manager or whatever yeah. but he doesn't know you he doesn't know you uh. right so at least for me since I, well right now given the structure then I can make it very personal which there are like I think financial planners that are very personal I mean it's really the person but their experience is probably more um, anecdotal just with a few individuals so okay. I was able to get that and also get the personal aspect of it and then marry the two um, which best I've, of both worlds yeah so best of both worlds kind of thing and what's nice is um, I'm I'm really experimenting and trying out what's the best structure what's the best way to do it so I feel like what's nice is compared to other institutions I'm also constantly evolving so I can continue to tweak it. How do I make it better? How do I make it better? Because if you're typically like a big financial institution, you have a tried and tested way. Na. You have tried and tested way. It kind of works. It's probably not the best, but it's really good. But I mean, you won't really stress so much to keep changing it. So I feel like I'm doing that, and I feel like that will give me an edge. Also. That's what. Okay. Wow. All right. Wow. That's a very. That's a very. I've not. It's like the stars again. It's like a lot kind of stars. Of, yeah, yeah, a lot of stars. Um, aligned, the parents, yeah. what their specific job was, what you did in college, and everything. Wow, that's. Put it around then. Yeah. Around <laughs> at this age, then it makes sense. Um. So last thing I ask again, and nice if you can say it here. If people wanna know more about mm-hmm. this, they wanna get in touch with you. They potentially wanna work with you and how to help their financial life and their life in general how can I do so yeah okay so what's really cool is as this podcast comes out we'll also be releasing all of our social media channels there'll be IFE management on Facebook you can reach us on Instagram you can send a message and what I want to do is I'll actually open it up um, for those people who are interested who are very serious about taking their finance to the next level that there will be slots open for free you know, initial exploratory meeting. So I'm very excited. You can also reach out through my, just my email, enrique.faust.ifemanagement.com. But yeah, I mean, all the social media channels there are available for whoever wants to learn more about it. And once you're serious, maybe we can talk about it. Okay. All right. That's it. Thank you for, all right. Thanks. for, Thanks. for guessing here and for sharing your story and good luck. Um, on the on the the launch yeah and advance happy birthday thanks thanks so thanks again for having me in the podcast alright nice